Yo, what's good, ladies and gentlemen? It is your man, B. Vaughn, here with We Create Music TV. Man, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to, to share you know, some incredible content, uh, interviews, and all those things that we bring to you here on We Create Music TV. But tonight, we got my man. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff tonight with my man, music producer, sync specialist, prolific, the professional. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Give it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good to yeah. be here. What's good, brother? How are you? I'm doing great. I'm coming coming in hot, <laughs> fresh off the coming, road. Coming in hot. <laughs> Literally not anything special, just just out the car. And uh okay. had to get set up and get ready to talk to you. What's up, man? Bad, bad, bad. I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, usually when people say they're coming off the road, I was like, yo, you coming from a tour? But you probably like that, yeah. like that's okay, why I had back. to clarify. That's why I had okay. to clarify. I'm not okay. coming off tour. I'm not. Like that. He's like, it would be great, like, but no. He's like, I'm coming off off of work, <laughs> or I'm coming from the grocery store. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, man, glad to have you here, uh, and just really get into. I got a lot of questions, you know. what I'm saying for you, and definitely about sync licensing. You know, what I mean, like, yeah, yeah let's because, do it. Because I'm not a sync guru, but I want. I don't know. We'll we'll get into it. We'll talk about the whole sync licensing sync licensing thing and you know all the the things that come along with it. So, but man, okay. share your story with us, brother. Talk about how you got started from the very beginning uh, and to where you are today. Yeah, so I'll try to keep it short and sweet for the sake of now, time. Make, um, make it long and, and so we okay. no, <laughs> no, get into the meat of it. Okay, yes, sir. so yes, sir. I, I knew I I always wanted to do something with music. I didn't know what where, how, or even who to reach out to to even get started or get a foot into anything. So it's sort of a typical story, um, prototypical story where I grew up in the church. I didn't actually play any instruments. I still don't play. Uh, sang in choirs. I don't, I don't play either. So. Oh, okay. There we go. One of the same. Right. Sang in choirs. Uh, my mother forced me to do it. I didn't want to do it. Then as I got a little bit older, teenage years, I had friends that were around that were also in the choir. So just kept at it just to be around them. And in a roundabout way, I didn't realize that I was actually picking up on the technique, on the teachings that they, you know, that they provide with the you know, direction of the choir. So I feel like all that has kind of helped me fast forward 30 some odd years later. And um, I put all that aside. Uh, you can't tell from the seat that I'm sitting in. I'm six foot seven. So I played basketball my whole no. life, especially when I had the growth spurt. It was like, okay, no, forget all this other stuff that you want to do. Mm -hmm. We're going this direction. This is the lane that we go down. Yo, you got basketball height. So that's where you go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So we're going we're gonna to try this out. You could double back on that other stuff right. in case this doesn't work. So right. long story short, that's what happened. And um, didn't have a chance, didn't have a shot. Hindsight, I wasn't even close to making anybody's nba roster so mm. that ended up happening the way that it did and um 2000 around like 2000 i, I wanted to be a dj but two That's tables a and a mixer yeah completely right. different thing completely. but i'm creeping my way back into exactly. being around some musical things so uh kind of gave that up really quickly you know i was one of those kids that got easily frustrated with certain things. Basketball just came naturally to me. That's why it lasted as long as it did, but I uh, couldn't get the DJ thing down pat. And then around 2002, so a couple years later, 
uh, my college roommate introduced me to the infamous Fruity Loops. I was going to say, watch it be Fruity Loops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I got a hold of that and it, it, it got a hold of me. Mm-hmm. And I was, it got to a point where I'm, I'm missing or skipping classes to try to, you know, figure this thing out. I thought I was, I thought I was excellent within about three weeks of messing around with Fruity Loops. I'm talking about, I thought I was putting an album out in three right. weeks. <laughs> like, no, right. not even close to being good enough. So, uh, once he introduced me to that, and he's not a music guy at all, which is ironic how he was the one that pushed me toward that. But that was the thing that just kind of, um, kind of stuck on me. And I told myself I had completely quit basketball at that point. I'm 18, 19. I'm realizing that my potential has been reached on the basketball court. I said, I'm not putting this down. Like I put down everything else. Meaning mm-hmm. if I'm going to get into music, I'm going to see this all the way through. I'm not going to quit it like I quit DJing. I'm not going to quit it like I quit basketball. I'm not going to quit it like I quit drawing, which is something I did way before any of all this. And that was 20, 20, uh, we just crossed 20 years since I made my very first beat. So it's kind of crazy to think about how long I've been, you know, trying to do this and how long it's actually been working is an even smaller amount of time. But that's it in a nutshell. And I mean, there are some other finer details than that, but I don't really do too much of anything outside of working on my own and um, creating albums and tracks for sync licensing at this point. I've done the pairing with the artist thing, putting out a mixtape, putting out an album, mm-hmm. doing the open mics and things like that. Mm-hmm. I have actually have some songs that I've actually rapped on and None of that stuff really even stuck except for, you know, kind of getting into sync and making that work for me. And that really just within the last eight to 10 years really started to make sense for me. And that's right. kind of the lane I've been in solely in that lane from that point on. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. You know, thinking, you know, hearing your your, your beginnings, we got some of the same commonality. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, so, so, um, I played basketball when I was, I ain't, I'm not six, seven. Okay. I'm six, two and a half. That's about the, the extent of my whole height right there. That's, that's taller than average height though. Right. Taller than average height. And so I'm in school and, you know, in high school, middle school, I'm, I'm like one of the tallest people. Like, yo, you playing basketball. Right. Gotta right? do so it. You gotta do it. You gotta play basketball. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And mm-hmm. I did love basketball growing up. Don't, don't let me say I love basketball. I would play, especially like street ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, so I'm from Virginia. And so. Okay. And from Ooh. a small town in Virginia, too. And so we ain't have, like, what, any um, professionals. What city? Uh, it's called Hopewell. Okay. My sister yeah. lives in Virginia in a small city. It's not okay. Hopewell. Oh, where does okay. she live? She lives in Bealton. Oh, yeah. That sounds like, that sounds small, just like Hopewell. Like, I never heard of it until she got there. So. <laughs> exactly. There you go. That's a small. But but we used to play street ball all the time, right? You go to the court, mm-hmm. uh, do those things. So... I didn't grow up in church, so, uh, but I sang in from uh, elementary school all the way to high school, so okay. I never sang in in like church uh, from that perspective. But yeah, you know, your parents kind of make you do stuff when you're younger. Uh, Absolutely, you know what I'm saying Absolutely my mom. Do. My mom always had the thing. Uh, oh, you in that sport? You're gonna do that sport. Like <laughs> right, not, commit. Like you've been commit you've been not it. quit. You better not right. quit. I don't. We all don't spend some money on here too, and had to buy this. Nah, you gonna play. You gonna play football until 
or basketball or whatever the case is until until it's over. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so for you then, you know, they were like, oh, it's, you're going to switch. You're going to play basketball, right? Uh, and so you end up going to Tennessee State, right? Yep. And so, yeah, went down there and spent the whole four years down there. Wouldn't change it for the world, even though I didn't actually play. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't uh, change that experience at all. Right. Good. Good. Yeah. You know, because even though you may not have played, I'm sure you've gained a wealth of knowledge and experience uh, just being in that environment. Uh, and so, I mean, you would have to share anything about that. But just being in that environment, I'm go I'm sure that there's things you learned, things that you experienced, things that you took away from it that you probably help you to be where you are, where you are today. Uh, yeah, for sure. I'll actually throw this in really quickly because it is relative to where we're going. Uh, so I just mentioned that my college roommate was the one that introduced me yeah. to mm -hmm. Fruity Loops. So right. that is what got my first taste of even figuring any of this out. And when it comes to sync licensing, another good friend of mine who's still a good friend of mine to this day is the one that introduced me to the first music supervisor that got me my first placement that got me to understanding how to even do what I'm doing with sync licensing. So that all came from being down there those four years at Tennessee State. Not to say that it wouldn't have happened had I not been down there, but since it happened, I can definitely attribute being down there to leading me down this path that I've been going for the past 20 years or so. Right, right. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's, sometimes we're introduced to tools at an early age that, especially FLs, well, back then, Fruity Loops. Right. And people used to hate on Fruity Loops. They used to hate, like, I hated on, I'll be first, I hated on Fruity Loops. So like, bad that they had to change the name. <laughs> so bad that they had to change the name, right? Uh, right, no right, longer, right. Because it seemed like, you know, childish, you know, or like. Right. Uh, but y'all, but it's crazy how they got that whole start, though, with, I mean, I don't know if you know the whole background about. Fruity I really don't. Loops, I don't. Uh, and how they got started. But uh, anybody watching, you know, correct me if I'm wrong about this whole FL thing, but they started off as like a um, adult entertainment type of, I think it was FL. I think. Really? You got to, look, I'm going to Google this. But I think they started out with some type of adult entertainment type of something. Something. Wow. Like, like you have okay. to look this, look this up. But I, Yeah, I'm going to look if, it up. If I remember <laughs> I correctly, it was, it's, they had something to do with adult entertainment. And okay. um, it eventually changed. They did something with it, and I don't know what they did, but something birthed FL uh, wow. and uh, Fruity Loops. But they did make them change the name because people ragged on uh, on Fruity Loops so bad. Terribly, uh, right. Now, I do own it, right? I, I used to bag on it for so many years, but I, I do own FL 21. 20 oh, and okay. 21. Oh, yeah. You passed, once, you passed me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Once, oh, which version do you have? I'm on because I know they did that big jump in the numbers. What was it? Um, from, I think they uh, went from 12, like 12, 12 to 20. To 20. Right. OK, so I'm at I'm still on 12. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. 20. But so 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 people used to say uh, until until image line uh, corrected it, that FL 12 or FL 11 sounded better than FL 20. And they really? went through this. Yeah, they went through this. Yeah, you got to YouTube this one. They went through a whole video showing the differences between what they did in FL 11 and 12 and versus FL 20. But FL 20 is dope, though. I ain't even gonna lie. Yeah, I've it's played dope. around with 20, yeah. but I didn't actually switch over because at the time, whatever I was working on, I just didn't have the time or the patience 
to mm-hmm. to mess around with upgrades and stuff like that and i just never went back to it so i'm, oh, yeah. I'm still there i'm still oh there. yeah oh yeah it's, it's it's dope i like some of the, i like the, some of the change they put into into that now i'm a machine Sorry. guy i like machines okay I use logic oh, oh. it just makes it super easy but yeah that's my whole thing about about fl but uh but most people that I talked to got their start on FL, right? Whether it was a, um, a, a what's, what's the right word? Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word rather than saying um, non-purchase version of FL, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I get where you're going. <laughs> exactly. You go. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and most people got their kind of, maybe they got their introduction that way. And so still taking those tools and learning that you know how to produce and make music and not being i don't want to say musically inclined because you stated that you don't play any instruments right correct so i don't play any instruments so people are always figuring out well how do you make chords and and it does take me a minute though i gotta figure it out i gotta be like okay this sounds here this goes here absolutely and so it so it takes a minute but now you're 20 years into this into this game and I'm sure that you have developed your craft to a point uh, where it is reaping you success. Obviously, I went to, I went and took a look at your IMDb, and and it was just like, yeah, I still got some catch. I still got some catching up to do. I got oh, some folks man, that uh, is... I got some folks knocking me out the park. So I gotta oh, I gotta hey, figure that one out. Look, because I, I know a couple of people who do sync licensing too, besides yourself. Uh, my man Clint Music. Who you probably familiar with? I'm familiar uh, with him. Yeah, yeah. I got a, another homie named Nelson. Uh, he does sync licensing. Dre Phantom. Um, uh, another uh, I uh, Brahms. Um, there's, again, there's a whole bunch of people that I know that do sync licensing. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but man, but still, just to have because sync licensing is a tough. I don't know. Maybe you have to clarify that. It's a tough place to get into because of the requirements that people have of you as a uh, music composer when you're creating music for sync, right? It's not like how we would how we would make music for artists. I just make a beat, send it to you. There you go. Yes, yes. It's a different ball game, and it took me a little while to I wouldn't say understand what. what to do but why it has to be this way and then once i started to actually pay attention to television shows films and even once some of my own work actually got placed in some of these television shows and films and i heard how they actually cut it up in the ways that they used it it made more sense to me that okay this is the reason that they want to deliver it this way because they want to be able to insert it here whether it's an eight second sting or I've had placements as short as three seconds, literally, just in like a flashback scene, and then they come back to, wow. to you know, present day. So it made sense. But to your point, there is a, a learning curve when you've been doing, like I said, working with artists, releasing mm-hmm. full songs, mixtapes, albums, things like that. There is a huge learning curve and difference between that and working strictly for a sync placement or trying to create an album that's going to go to a, a library publisher that's going to be uh, right. pitched for right. sync. There is a formula, but there isn't one formula. The formula mm-hmm. sort of depends on who you're working with as well, because one mm-hmm. library may want things this way. One library will say, hey, if you just got a bunch of songs that you already did, let's have them. Let's work with them. Right. There's some that I'm working on a project now where 
I took everything that I've known over the last 10 some odd years that I've been actually doing sync and they still had suggestions for me once, wow. you know, once, once the tracks yeah. got, there, you know, nothing, nothing out of control, right. things that are definitely possible, but you just start to learn that the requirements are different depending on who you're working with, who they work with, because mm -hmm. again, and we can get into this a little bit later, but I'm just at step one of the process. Once you get in with the publisher, then you've got the actual production house or film mm -hmm. company, whoever it is that they have certain requirements if it comes down to that. So mm -hmm. the nugget in all of that is sometimes you have to unlearn what you already think you know about music production or just how you hear music because it comes across differently and is used differently when it comes to television ads, films, things like that. So right. just be open because that's right, the right. only way that you're going to make that, that switch. Right. Or even if it's not a switch for you, that's the only way that you're going to make that leap and getting to, you know, working with those particular publishers and companies and things like mm -hmm. that. So open-minded. So, open-minded. Uh, so, so can you go back for a second and kind of talk about the, the learning curve between working with artists and creating music for scene? So you said there's, there's definitely a difference. And there's a learning curve, right? Yeah. So, so talk about that a little bit. What do you What do you mean by that? So, I was fortunate enough to uh, I reached out to a particular music library with you know what I already had, what I already thought I knew, what I was doing. I was actually just watching tons of reality TV. I do not watch this stuff. I'm not trying to knock it, but I don't watch. It's not my go to just in regular everyday life. But I knew this is what I wanted to shoot for. So I watched a ton of reality TV just to hear the type of music was being played, how it was formatted. And then I would literally, in this very space that I'm sitting in now, I have a TV that's all the way to my left. I would watch shows, I hit pause, and I would try to mimic what was going on on the screen. I would do that enough times where I said, okay, I think I got it. Once I actually started reaching out to different libraries and publishers to see if they wanted to take me on as a writer or even just take on this set of tracks, for the library, they actually took me from that point and coached me along to say, okay, you got the basis, but here's how we do it. And we're going to walk you through this. Now, I was totally surprised by that because I would never in a million years expect somebody who actually right. has a book of business and they're doing well. Right. They have clients, they're actually pushing stuff out here, but they took the time to walk you through that. And I just saw it as just a complete blessing because I knew this is what I wanted to do. And I've been told no or just hadn't heard anything for so long mm. that I just was like, somebody is actually taking time to work on this with me. Again, going back to the earlier point, I'm not I'm not putting this down. I'm right. I'm, I'm right. going all the way with this. So that's the fortunate situation that I had. Now, a lot of people may not have that experience. You may mm -hmm. again, you may hear no, you may not hear anything. But that's the way I started was watching television, listening to the type of music they were playing on certain shows, how it was formatted, how it was used. And I just started from there and just start building from that point. Mm. Absolutely. Because it is different than making music for an artist, right? So it's... For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, working with an artist, you... I mean, of course, you know. Working with an artist, it's you and that person, you know, depending on what level it's on. If it's you know, right. if they're signed to a label or something, you got other people you got to please. But right. I was only doing independent stuff. Me and the person I'm working with, they're either a phone call away, a drive away or a, a Zoom call away. And mm -hmm. it's just me and that person, me and that group. And whatever we decide 
is good and sounds good, it's done. Video, we're out of here. We're putting it out. Right. When it comes to wanting to be in business or partnering with some of these libraries, you got to take that criticism to say, okay, this is the product that you have. We like what you have, but this is what we got to do in order to get it to this next step. If you mm-hmm. want to get it in sync. So there's no, you know, there's no harm in, you know, still being creative, still doing it the way that you know, but just trust and believe. Just like back in the day when you used to have the main version, the clean version, the right. the remix, right. the radio edit. The, the radio edit, the, the, oh yeah, we had, oh my gosh, the maxi, like the maxi. Yeah, uh, the maxi exactly. singles exactly. back in the day. So maxi think singles. of, yeah, think of that times probably about two or three when it Ooh. comes to delivering this one song for a potential sync opportunity, especially if they're really showing interest. Sometimes I've, I've had it done both ways, but I'm just giving you the, the roughest version of it because right. sometimes they'll take the song as is and they'll use it as is and you're good to go, it's golden. But more often than not, they're gonna want alternates, cut downs, clean version, all this other stuff. So just keep in mind that there's gonna be more work to be done after you finish the song and you're looking exactly. to push it elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, because working with an artist, I can craft that song to our our taste, our desires, and then we can go, we can record it, and then we can push it out, and then okay, we're good. But with sync licensing, for what, what I'm told, right? Because I don't have any sync placements, but the people that I know, they do say that same thing that it's. So let me let me let me take a a step back. So was it last year? probably last year or maybe two years ago, I did a sync licensing panel. And so on this panel, I had my man Clint, I had my man Nelson, Dre Phantom, uh, and we talked about, we really went into the whole sync licensing world uh, about what do you do, how to connect with music supervisors, using samples and loops. Uh, We talked about like uh, the formula for making, making music. And, and everything, some of the terminology that you use, uh, yeah. you know, looking at briefs uh, and all types of stuff when it comes to to sync licensing. But one of the things that stood up to most in this conversation was understanding that as a person make as a composer, right? Because that's it's different, right? A lot of people who, from what I hear, when they're moving to sync licensing, they're like, "Yeah, we're music producers, but we're music." composers because we're composing music to be used in TV and film, uh, you know, from that perspective. And they said one of the biggest things that we've had to learn was that we had to operate as a one-stop shop. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know, if it's the same for you, like you, like you got to do the creation, the mixing, the mastering, uh, and all the different uh, versions of what you want to submit to to them it's like as an art as a producer i can make the song but my homie he's gonna mix it and then somebody else is gonna gonna master it right and that takes time and i don't think they have that much time i've I've heard stories of like i needed to tonight six o'clock let's yeah let's let's (laughs) go so so that's that's the thing too and i'll i'll start with the end of your point and kind of uh back up a little bit so one of my suggestions to alleviate the stress of any of what you just mentioned with the whole one-stop thing is when you create a, a track and you feel like it's finished, make sure you finish it to the degree that you feel like you're going to release it, even if you aren't, because what's going to happen is if you are looking for a sync opportunity and you 
are trying to get into that particular world, yeah, you might receive a brief, which I do all the time. I'll get one. I'll get one at 7 a.m. today that says we need this style, this type of thing, and we need it by 7 p.m. that same day or maybe 7 a.m. the next day. And now, do you have the time or the mental capacity or maybe you are just that creative to where you can sit down in 12 hours and come up with a whole song, create the track, record it, mix, master and all that within a. I mean, within a 12 hour span. So that that is, I don't know, some people could really do that. I know I can't. So anytime that mm-hmm. I create a piece of music, well, at this point, it's, it's all specifically for sync for the most part anyway. But yes, finish mm-hmm. that thing, mix and master it that, at that point, because you never know when the opportunity is going to come knocking. And it could very well be that next day that you got to have all those deliverables ready right. for them That's and be right. done. I have seen situations where they will master uh, like if you're working on like one typical thing in sync is like you'll be working with the library they'll want to do like a full album so 10 tracks similar style all of that i have been in situations where once you deliver everything stems alts all that they will master it for you so you, that's when you just have to pay attention to what the library is going to do their mm-hmm. style how they operate they'll be able to tell you that of course but there are those situations out there as well Okay. All right. Good. That's good to know. So if anybody wanted to step into that world, that there are certain things that you can do and there are certain things that the library will partner with you on uh, in that respect. So, okay. So I know we just straight dove into sync licensing, right? So let's, so let's take a step back for, for a moment. Yeah. Uh, So being in this, this, this whole music world, right? For you say 20 years, right? That's, yeah, that's a long, brother. That's a long time, right? To, To be doing that same uh, type of music and you know most people like oh i i didn't get you know i'm not on after a year man this, <laughs> right. this ain't this ain't much be the thing like exactly. so exactly so it reminds me of before i actually make my point right it reminds me of what you said in the beginning yeah, after three weeks i learned fl studio i was ready to drop a full album <laughs> right right but people i think people still have that same mentality today it's like no, I'm gonna go in the studio today, make a banger, make a hot song. We re-releasing it tomorrow, and it's like ready to go. Sometimes it, sometimes yeah. it is, sometimes it ain't. But <laughs> I, I but. feel like I can hear that in some cases, not all, but some, sometimes it come across, it comes across to the ears that this is exactly what they did, exactly. and not to knock anybody, but because you can do whatever you want to do, nobody really cares, but. Right. There's a difference between somebody who wants to make a song and somebody who like wants to make music. And mm. that's where the diligence, the longevity and all of that takes place. Like I would still be doing this if nothing were happening for me. So that's right. that's kind of right. that's kind of the difference in me kind of sticking around with this for so long because I trust me, I didn't make any I didn't make a dime for maybe like the first 5 years. Mm. So yeah, it, it was something that, again, I wanted to do this and would be doing it if nothing were happening beyond right. me just being in my home, making a track that I like and having a good night's sleep after that. Exactly. I would still be doing it. I mean, you have a, you have a love for it. So there's, I'm sure you have, a love, you have a love and a passion for it. And so usually when we have love and passion for things, we usually do those things without compensation because yeah. we love it that much. Now, if we can be compensated for it, that's great. I love it. But we spend, yeah. we do spend a lot of money. On yeah, absolutely do. And, 
and Logic and FL and you know I'm I'm about to buy somewhere in the next couple months an NPC Live too, right? It's in my future to get an NPC okay. Live too. Like I want to use one to see what it's like to use one versus using this machine. But um, and so but we spend a lot of money on it, and most people think that we're crazy because we spend a lot of money on things, but we don't really we don't really uh, receive a lot of uh, financial gain from it right. in the very in the very beginning. So seems uh, like the investment is not mm -hmm. worth the return in a lot of right. cases. Exactly. But again, a lot of times the investment is not necessarily for the exact you know money in money out or money out money in. I guess the other way around. But again, I have pieces of gear that I haven't even powered on in a month, two months. Exactly. Oh, but it's not man. it's not a waste of money to me at all because right. we're gonna round back to it and I'm sure just like I do you probably have the same situation. I have go to sounds that it doesn't fit anything I'm doing right now. Right. And I That's may right. not power on I might not power on this synth for two months, but if I'm in the groove and I hear something, I oh that that lead number is such and such and such. I'm going right, back exactly. to it. And, you know, and you know exactly where it is. You know where yep. to plug it in. You know the melody that you already heard in your head. So yep. it comes back around anyway. So that's right. Never that's a right. waste. So never never a waste, right? I mean, I recently mm -hmm. sold. Well, last year I sold some gear last year because I really was not using it at all. Uh, I sold my. Uh, oh man. Sometimes I look at it like, man, where's my Avatone CB12? I missed that microphone. But I don't have it anymore. I sold all of my warm audio stuff, um, outboard gear, you know, mic preamp, compressors, and all that stuff. Because I just really mm -hmm. were, I wasn't cutting vocals. So I wasn't, right. I'm just like, you know what? Instead of sitting here, I could take that money and I can use that money for investments or purchasing something else or new camera gear or whatever the case is. Absolutely. Was. Okay, so now let me go, let me, let me go back. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's, let's back up. All right. <laughs> so for you in this journey, as I, we've all experienced major challenges, barriers, et cetera. So for you, what have been some of those and what did you learn from those challenges? Well, the biggest challenge was I had no idea what I was doing in the beginning. Like I said, I'm not classically trained. I don't, I, I don't play any instruments. I mean, I don't have a great singing voice, none of these things but I just knew that this was something that I wanted to do. And it was a lot of trial and error. Like, again, we just talked about buying gear. You're buying a bunch of things. You don't even know how to connect to one another. You don't know the purpose of one or the other. You're just doing. And that was mainly in my younger years for sure. But a lot of the things that I probably spent money on or just tried out that just didn't work out, I don't. I really don't even know how I didn't get frustrated about any, any of that stuff because, again, like we talked about before, I kind of had like a short fuse when it comes to like things not working out for me. Not not in a, you know, in a, in a violent, demonstrative way or anything like that. But right, right. If something doesn't go right. I'm kind of I'm kind of over here. I'm done. I'm I'm on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And there was one thing that stuck out to me as well, and this really has nothing to do with like a piece of gear or uh, you know, writing music or anything like that. There was a person that I come across earlier in life that kind of told me that all the things that I planned on doing with this specifically is impossible based on me. Not that nobody mm -hmm. can do it. 
I couldn't do it. Hey, why is that? And why did they? Why, I, I, I think it probably that? is more a reflection of them mm-hmm. and their shortcomings. And I was just the person in front of them at the, at the right. moment that they were right. able to lash out at. So that was just another thing. And I, I take that with me wherever I go in any aspect of life. If you tell me I can't do it, I'm going to make a point to get it done. And I'm not coming back to show you that I got it done. I'm not doing the aha, told you so. It It's just gratifying enough to know that I overcame all that. And for what it's worth, that's really one of the things that kind of pushed me forward. And that was really, really early on. And I, again, I just never stopped, just kept taking stabs at it. And as long as it takes me to come up with some of the things that I do, because again, I'm not classically trained. I just got to bang out <laughs> until, it, exactly. until it starts to make sense, exactly. but I'm gonna get it done. I'm gonna get it done, put it that mm-hmm. way. Well, I mean, it's, it's a testament to the fact that, you know, because growing up, listening to music, we had music back in the day that people played live instruments. Right. So you had to know how to play. You had to know how to play piano, guitar, bass, you know, saxophone, flute, whatever you played. Right. Mm -hmm. Fiddle didn't matter. You had to actually play. Now, today with technology, we have tools and don't even get me started in the whole world of of AI. Right. So now we have tools today that for people like me and I'm so grateful for them. I do know chords and scales. I don't know every chord you know, that exists, but I have tools that do. Right. right. And so yeah. whether I'm using Scalar 2, which is one of them, Scalar 2 is so dope. I love it. Mm-hmm. Or I'm using like Ripcord. Ripcord is dope. No, I love it. Uh, I can play anything I want to. And I can play any chord and change it up yeah. and make it sound weird and different. And, <clears throat> you know, for the longest time, Timlin didn't even know how to play anything. He figured it out, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he figured I- it out. After and, all the time, all the years he's been in the game, yeah. And he's been around enough people. I mean, he probably got tired of hiring people <laughs> to play as well. <laughs> that's, that's right. Like, yeah. I'm going to figure it out myself. I'm going to figure out how to play this myself. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and and I think being able to recognize, you know, that as a, a, a barrier, right? Because that usually is like a barrier to entry into, into this world. I don't know anything about music. How can I be a music producer? Right. Right. And so, you know, I, re- I remember buying my first piece of gear when I said, so I said, I know this ain't about me, right? This is it's about- No, me. it's all good. Prolific. Prolific. Go right on. And so, right on. Right. And so I remember when I left the group, the singing group that I was in, I don't sing anymore. People know that. They watch it. I say it plenty of times. But when I was in that group and we broke up, I said, I'm not doing this again. I'm gonna go figure out how to make music and that's all I'm gonna do, make music. So I end up buying this old cheesy, what was the powerful laptop back then. Maybe had like a gig of RAM, maybe not even mm. that, right? Mm. Five, 512 probably, KB of yes. RAM, right? <laughs> wow, wow, <laughs> exactly. Wow. Um, Depending uh, on when that was, maybe that was all that was necessary at DX, that point. Uh, what, was it, what was the operating system? Um, X, D, uh, DX. Oh, it was before XP. Oh, wow. Okay. Probably before XP. But uh, I didn't know how to hook up any of that stuff. I I, Period. I had to look and read the manual and like, okay, how do I do this? Let me press this button. And if you hear the music that I made back when I first got started, you'd be like, yo, this dude 
ain't no about, <laughs> it's not it's not happening about anything like yeah yeah like this boy yeah. made this beat on a like a, a coleco uh keyboard blink 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 yeah fisher like a fisher price yeah, <laughs> telephone yeah. you know it's like it's like yes yeah, like that uh, but you learn and you progress over time right and so right with anything you we you should so with anything you learn uh and you go to youtube university and you watch other producers and try to emulate what they're doing and then you learn you know chords and scales and you may go to enroll into a piano course or something like that that teaches you how to you know build up your skill set and that's literally in anything that you do if you want to be proficient in something you have to understand what you're you're missing from a, an abilities perspective and then what you yep. need to do to fill in that to fill in that gap and so you know yeah i, so, I mean that's yes, yeah. That was an excellent point. Like one thing that I started out doing once uh, similar to you, uh, we already talked about the FL studio stuff, but I had no clue. So I was just making using what stock sounds came with the program. Exactly. I was, I was exactly. trying to like remake melodies of songs that had already existed that, you know, that we heard just so I could even know, all right, well, this is how you do this. or this is what, what goes here. And this is how it makes sense. And then once I come to the realization that, okay, these don't really sound good at all. And <laughs> exactly. let me try something a little different. So mm-hmm. I'm always a big fan of like sample hip hop. So I took mm-hmm. it there right after that and started, you know, just gathering all kinds of, you know, my parents' old records, stuff that I could find laying around, all that. So I'm sampling heavy, sampling heavy. And once I felt that I got good enough with that, then I started to add my own melodies on top of the samples, right. you know, and then I got to the point where I started to do that. And then, you know, I had laid it, laid it on so thick that I just removed the sample and said, oh, OK, this shouldn't exist as a song alone without right. the sample. Right. Plus, the sample is not going to make us any money anyway if we did take it somewhere. And so they're going to they gonna take a chunk out of that if they. Yeah, they're going to they going to let us play. run it up. And then they're going to take everything that we got off of it. So that was kind of the progression for me with that. I still love to do it. I'm not as good at it anymore because I'm so out of practice. Mm. But that was kind of the evolution was, okay, you can't play, but why don't you lay some samples on, start creating melodies on top of the samples, then remove the sample. Can it exist by itself? Okay, we own to something at that point. And again, as much as I like doing the sample stuff, it's – it hasn't really gotten me anywhere except for a couple claps on a local level. So I had to let that go, but that was how I even started to develop, like, you know, doing original stuff, getting my own sound, finding out how to actually create melodies, what makes sense together. Mm-hmm. Sound like sounds that actually make sense where it's not something coming out of nowhere and it's just throwing the whole record off. It's like, you know, just right. kind of, taking everything that I've heard over the years, my whole life at that point, and actually making it make sense while I'm the one that's actually doing it. So, and it's a ever evolving thing. It's just like being a medical professional. That's why they call mm-hmm. it a practice. You're never, ever going to be at the point where you've hit the ceiling. You're always practicing because you can that's always right. get better, always learn something new. Something new is going to come about from it. So that's where we are, but that that's kind of like where it started. And had it not been it. for that, who knows? Look, look, I'm watching my camera. It's doing something that it's never done before. I saw something about an internal yeah. temp. Internal temperature. Oh. It has never done that before. Oh, my ever. God. Like, ever. <laughs> and when I mean ever, I mean never, ever. Oh. 
It is never. That's a new one no. on me too. I don't know. Yeah, that is. I s- still hear you, but yeah. Yeah, that's because my audio is coming in through my uh, oh, gotcha. my Scarlet Two I Two. Okay. But yeah, I've never had that happen. That is a whole brand new. Yeah. This camera has never overheated once in its life. Yikes! And it, it did it once before, but it came right back. It so. did. I saw it, and I was like, "Okay, what's going on?" But yeah, this huh. thing has never. Never ever done it. So let me um like yeah, that's so weird that it's never I'm like what you I, and I saw it come up and I'm like, okay, wait a minute, what you doing? Hmm. You're gonna see me standing up. <laughs> oh, that's fine. We 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 get it. Yeah. I'm All right. right, there we go. We're back. Oh, it's not it's gonna cut off again. So <laughs> it is it's giving you a warning over there. It's, oh yeah, I see the temperature light that's sitting up here. Oh, it's God. like it's like I'm about to cut off on you. You don't even oh, know goodness. it. So it's for your for your own so, good. <laughs> so let's we gonna keep it rolling though. Why, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna show you how I'm able to solve issues while we while we do what we do. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, and that's that's part of the process as well. Make adjustments of, on the fly if you got. That's to. part of the process, right? Making adjustments on the yeah. fly. So mm-hmm. um, so why are we still talking about that? I have. I have others, right? I have other cameras that ah, I got. And so go. while that one's while that one's doing his job and we having this conversation, I'm breaking this one down. So that there you go. I can hook this one up. And In the event. It, and we can keep it moving. Right? right. So gotta have a plan B. I gotta have a plan B, right? I've gotcha. never had gotcha. an overheating uh on this camera. And I've had this camera for uh since it came out. So that is so weird that it's doing it. I know, well, maybe I'm you're gonna, cooking up I, cooking up some heat over there, and it, you know, it's just kind of tore it up. I'm like, what is going on in here? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, man. So, so for you, when we talk about those those challenges that you personally experience, I think that it's it's a testament to yourself to show that you're still able to to uh, create music, learn the, the process, create the music that you need to create, and still be successful. Uh, as a as as a music composer, and so don't 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 worry about me what I'm doing over no, here. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> right as you're a good. as a music composer, uh, because you still are allowing you're gonna see some stuff, but you're still allowing yourself to be um, creative in that process as you're building up your catalog and creating music for for sync. Yeah, one thing. Another recent challenge that I can think of, and this is obviously we're fast forwarding to the point where I'm a little more confident, all of that stuff. Now, right. I don't know about you or, or other producers or anybody else who's watching. The weirdest thing in the world for me is every time I'm in a position where I have to go, like, like I'm up against something else that I may have already done before. Mm-hmm. It's still intimidating to me. I don't understand why. Here's what I mean by that. So, like, I've done a few um, albums specifically for sync licensing. The first one, I know how to make a track. And they had already given me the 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 blueprint, so to speak, this particular library. They walked me through the process. I did it. They asked me for another one and I got so intimidated. Like I didn't just do the first one. It's the weirdest thing in the world. I don't know where this, this come and go confidence 
comes from. It's just the weirdest thing in the world. I don't know if you experienced that at all, but every time there's another project that I'm that I'm presented with opportunity, it's almost mm-hmm. like I feel like I can't do it and I already did it before. It's the weirdest right. thing in the world. I don't know. That's right. I really don't know. <laughs> and, and you've already done it. And so now it's just it's because you know we have this thing that we believe in ourselves that maybe this was a fluke. Mm. That could right? be it. And so if it's a fluke, then okay. But then when they come back and say, "Hey, we need more stuff," and you're like, "Uh, did I? Did I, are they for real?" Right. Okay. I don't. I think I might have. I think I might have squeezed all the juice out the right. you know in the last <laughs> right. project. And it's, it's, <laughs> It's the dumbest thing in the world, man. Like I'm in the midst of working on one right now. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you that, you know, stuff was good, got the call to say, hey, they like it, but they want some adjustments. When I was waiting on those adjustments to come through in the email, I was just like biting my nails the whole time as if like it it was going to be something that I absolutely couldn't do. And it's, it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's the freakiest thing in the world, but I'm saying all that to say, even with as much as I've done and have accomplished and, and opportunities that I've actually successfully nailed, I still have like these bouts where it's like, I'll go from doing all that, landing a couple uh, sync placements to, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know what I'm doing here. It's, it's it's the weirdest thing in the world. I don't know if you have that, but there are stretches of time where I feel like I'm absolutely the worst at doing this. And then I, you know, make a couple of hits like, you know, a few weeks later or something like that. And it comes right back. It's it's, it's a weird thing, man. That's it's right. just this tug, tug of war that's going on inside of me with the confidence. And that's I'm right. only saying that because I don't want anybody to, I don't want anybody to look at, somebody's accomplishments and feel like they think they're greater than now because trust me i don't care how much i do there are periods of time where i feel like i don't even belong here hmm Hmm. what do you mean by that why do you say that i really i'm still trying to figure it out it's just the craziest (laughs) thing in the world like i'm i'm actually able to do the work i know how to knock things out the park but then you just have, I guess, maybe just those droughts where the creativity is just not there and you just can't understand how you even came up with the last great thing you did. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to ask, well, how, then how do you approach, like, when you have, you know, what we call beat block, right? So, you know, how do you approach mm-hmm. dealing with, with staying creative uh, when you're creating so much music for uh, sync placements? So how do you still battle times when you may not feel as creative, but you understand you got this brief and you got to submit music for it. And they're looking to you to provide that as a, uh, you know, for you to make that, make that turnaround. Yeah. I don't know how much success I've really had with this, but the only thing that I do is either I'll either, I'll set everything down and I'll go do something that's just really just out of the norm for me. Like, my thing, I'm I'm a big runner, so I might, you know, in in warmer months, warmer days, I might put everything down. I say I'm gonna go run. I don't know. Let me go do about nine, ten miles and just come back, see what happens. That's a stress reliever for me anyway, so that has helped in some cases. Or I'll listen to something that's completely out of the realm of what I actually do or what they're asking for, because one thing that I tend to do if I'm listening to too much, say if we're talking about like some hip hop, some trap stuff. If I'm listening to too much of that, 
I'll subconsciously start mimicking exactly what I just heard. As opposed to being in the pocket of that, I'll, without even thinking about it, I'll create something that sounds like I'm actually infringing upon a copyright. So, and of course we don't want to do that. So I'll listen to something that's absolutely, the furthest away. <laughs> right. Especially <laughs> with right. sync. So I'll jump into something that's completely irrelevant to what we're doing just to stay, you know, keep it with the music, but just give me a, a, a fresh perspective on, Oh, okay. This is, this is what they're doing over here. Okay. I can get with this. And then once mm-hmm. I've had my ears, giving my ears a rest from whatever it is I've been trying to work on or listening to for however many hours at whatever point, usually I'm able to come in with a, a fresh mind and, you know, would be, you know, good starting point, take off from there. Right. Right. Yeah. I always wonder, I always wonder about that because with sync licensing, I mean, you're creating, at least I think you're creating music all of the time uh, versus how many, yeah. however many briefs you're receiving, and then, so like I have a friend, I told you, Nelson, he does sync licensing as well. Mm-hmm. And he says that when he's making music, uh, he will make about eight different, nine, ten different songs based on those, with the same sounds in it. Like literally the same, same I can, type of I can sounds, see that. same type of feel. Um, he may change up some of the different, uh, different elements of the song, but... And then he's working on the next one and working on the next one and working on the next one. Where yeah. as a producer, you kind of have some, you know, regular pro- artist producer. You have some flexibility. I want to make a track today or I may not make a track today. Right? Yeah. Because with Sync, I don't want to say you have people beating down your door, but you do have people that are, are asking you for quick turnaround times when it comes to your products uh, and services that you offer to those libraries, et cetera. So. Yeah, that that's absolutely the case. And that doesn't sound all too unfamiliar to me. Uh, I might not do 10 tracks that have the same sounds, but one thing I'll do, I'll kind of have like a rotating workflow. Mm-hmm. So I'll have maybe four or five skeleton tracks. And okay. this is and this is all within one session, one sitting, one night, whatever. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have the skeleton here. I'll, I'll put some meat on that. And then, okay, I'm grooving with that for a minute. Okay, 20 minutes after that. This is I don't know if anybody else does this. It sounds kind of mm. stupid as I'm saying it, but 20 minutes later, nah, I'm going to this I'm going I'm going to the second skeleton. Okay, this is a whole mm. different group. And this is again, I'm 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 kind of psyching myself out to think that I'm doing something completely new and fresh. I'm on <laughs> right. to I'm That's on right. to the second skeleton. I'll put some meat on that, a little different from the first one. Okay, let's go to number 3. By the end of the night, I probably touch those 4 to 5 different tracks, maybe six or seven times and then i got something that i'm working okay. with so at that point it's just a little bit of seasoning at the end of the right, day right. and right. now i got some things that sound kind of new and fresh because there are droughts where yeah if i sit there and try to make a certain sound i can do six of those but at some point the person who isn't me that's listening to it is going to say this is the same thing six different times you know we we, we don't want to hear it like that so and one thing that has been made apparent to me actually not made apparent it was specifically told to me in one case is that um editors when it comes to you know like for television shows if you're doing an album for sync and you say you're delivering 10 tracks 12 tracks you really want to you want to stay in the same pocket but you don't want to give them the same thing 10 times because chances are if they get one they don't need the other nine so you kind of want to say if we're using the same example trap hip-hop for example 
yeah, you want to stay within that particular genre, but you want them to be significantly different enough to where, okay, we like this style. We like this producer. We want all tenities because we can use all these interchangeably. They're not the same track, but they're on the same vibe. You never know. And some editors are working on multiple different shows, multiple moves, movies, different right. projects. So they get a hold of your, if they like your one track and you got nine others that are in a similar vein, similar but vein. not so not so similar that they sound like that one that they liked initially, they might That's pull right. all 10 and say, hey, I'm, I'm spreading these across all the projects that I got. There you go. You got at least 10 right. placements right there. Exactly. And that has happened. Oh yeah. See, see, see. That's that's okay. So, so, but I think I think there has to be an understanding of a process that goes into being able to do that, right? And to uh, be able to create. So let me go back. I don't think that's a bad idea at all to have skeletons that you then go back and and touch and work on. I mean, think about how often we do that as just I'll say regular producers, right? <laughs> you know, doing that. How, how many beats Same have difference. we? How many beats have we started and never finished, but then we eventually go back to them, right? Or yeah. we set days. You know, today I'm is I'm creating you know skeletons today, and I'm not not full beats. I'm working on the ideas, as many ideas as I can get out, and then I'll come back to them at another time to kind of flesh them out. Same concept when it comes to to you know in that same same fashion. So yeah, but, uh, that's exactly that. And yep. to piggyback off that same point that I was just making, and this is for anybody that's probably trying to figure out like, what is the very first thing that you even do when you're trying to, you know, pitch tracks or pitch an album or something like that to a library publisher, or even music supervisor, if you get in touch with one of them, cause they're so hard to <laughs> get in touch with. So yeah, you want to do that. You want to say, I will say get five solid tracks that are within the same neighborhood, so to speak whether it's trap, R&B, EDM, whatever the genre may be. Group those like tracks together, get a solid five, and make that your pitch. This is your demo, so to speak. You know, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> they don't make demos anymore like they used to back in the day, but this is your demo. So you can, I mean, Google search. Instagram has been the biggest tool for me in terms of, like maybe you know taking it to the next level with getting more involved with more libraries more people collaborating with other producers that have actually pulled me into situations instagram has mm -hmm. been the biggest the biggest help for me but you can find tons of music libraries they're all out there and again those five tracks it's just like if you're reaching out to a, a company for a, you know sending your resume in want to right. get a job interview. I want to work here. It's the same right. concept. Approach them with professionalism, a professional email and say, hey, I'm interested in doing some work. If you guys are looking for new composers to add to your roster, mm -hmm. don't send them the music in that same email. Here's here's it's, all the stuff right now. Yeah, Don't do that. <laughs> ask, the, ask them if they're looking for more producers or artists or what have you to add to their roster. And if they're you know, and if they're the case, then I have, you know, song examples or samples that I can send to you upon mm -hmm. request. And if they get back to you, you got your five tracks or however many sitting there, you send them a, a streamable link. Don't send them MP3s. They don't like those. They're probably deleted if they see attachments. Look, look, I'm going <laughs> to tell you, I'm going to tell you. So there's a lady that I know. Well, sort of know. We met one time. We spoke on a panel together 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but her her name is um, Ashley Tamar, right? She was I think she lives out in California, but she did okay. she did a, a post today. I reposted it or put it in my story uh, on IG. She said the same thing. She's like, look, let me tell y'all something. When we because she she does music supervision too. She's like, look, let me tell you something. When we ask for music, we're looking for acapellas. We're looking for clean versions. We are yeah. looking for high. And she's like high res, not MP3s. Stop sending those. Yeah. Because yeah. she said we yeah. don't delete them things. We we that, that that's right in the trash. The high res, you know, files because mastered. She's like mastered because we yeah. may want to take that right now and use it. And if we can't, yeah. and we gotta hunt you down, well, she's like we don't want to hunt you down. Well, we don't want to. Yeah, do they're dealing with strict deadlines as well. If you mm-hmm. think of any um, any of those documentaries or or even movies where they're showing you the intense process of making a film or making a right. television show, I like how hectic it can be, it's the same thing with the music that goes into the films and goes mm-hmm. into the television shows. They may need that right then and there. The music supervisor may have just heard it from the. Uh, from whoever they're reporting to that they need this type of song. They may have just heard it 30 seconds ago and they need it in 30 minutes. So they have a tight deadline as well. So just be prepared, like to an earlier point, be prepared with everything completely done, mixed, mastered, multiple versions. Please have the session so you can actually pull all those things. You know what I mean? And that, that goes more so for artists in that case, because I know a lot of artists will show up, do the work, go home. They'll leave it up to the producer, engineer, whoever it is, to actually do all the the technical work in that case. But if you're an artist who doesn't have a direct connection with a producer that you can hit them up and they can have everything they need for you in five minutes, take your sessions with you. Take your sessions with you. Or if you've been doing it for a while, before you leave the studio, have the engineer bounce the stems for me, bounce the clean version, bounce the acapella, bounce mm-hmm. to this, to that, to that. So you can already be prepared and you don't have to wait for somebody else to pick up the phone or look at your email or your text or whatever the case may be to get you all the information you need and the opportunities and past yeah. you by the time you get back to them. So that's right. There's a lot to it, but yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. hope I'm helping somebody out. <laughs> I am 100% sure you are because sync licensing is, is a tough thing. And I know we spend a, a, a lot of time talking about sync, right? Uh, and I'm assuming it because that's the world that you live in the most for the music that you are that you are creating. Yeah. All uh, right. You talked about working with artists, but then, okay, I did that. Right. And working with artists can be, anyway, working with artists can be, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Yo, can you make me sound like, nope, if you don't sound like that already, I'm not making you sound no. like that. Nobody else, trust me. You get you got to come in here and sound like something before I can do something with it. So. Right. That's right. Uh, and so, like I said, I know we spent a lot of time talking about about sync, but you actually have yourself made music. I've checked out some of it today on Apple Music. You know, when I listen to it, I got to say the music that I heard it made it made it feel like a. Um, I want to say like a West Coast. I don't know why I want to say a West Coast vibe, but it kind of has like a boom bat feel with like some West Coast flavor to it, but like street Midwest. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's it's funny you say that. It's, it's a it's a mix of the personality, my particular personality. I don't. The, this is the level I'm speaking at is probably the loudest I ever get. I'm laid back. I don't want no problems. I don't want no drama. Right. 
I don't want none of that stuff. And that just reflects in the type of music that I make as well. And yeah, born in Detroit, you know, obviously that's Midwest there. Love LA, <laughs> love LA. So that, 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 that's where that comes from at that point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's strange that you say that. I really hadn't heard anybody describe it as such, but. Yeah, yeah. I just listened to it. Like, like, like um, some of the songs you did with uh, Seabell, right? Is his name Seabell? Uh, Dale. 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 Yeah. Cordell is his real name. C. Dale. C. Dale. Right. Yep. That's Um, my guy. That's the only, that's probably one of the only, like one of two artists that I've actually worked with in the past how many years. Yeah. Mm. So, so the music I was listening to, it it had that feel. It had like a, uh, a boom bap. I can tell it was soulful, right? Because you know, that Detroit, that Detroit sound, that Detroit feel. But then it it sounded like stuff that you could put like Dre on, or like Snoop on, or even like a Kendrick because he had that type of type. Of, I forgot the yeah, name of the video yeah. that I watched. Um, but I, I yeah, think was, I, yeah, I can recall. I think it was it was Seadell was uh, also on the uh, was the artist in the video itself. Okay, it was the, which, okay. it was whichever one was at the uh, at the house. He was uh, was he was on the porch at the house. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that now. was. That was that was recently too. That was probably within the last. Yeah, that was right before the end of summer, I believe, last uh, twenty twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 it has that. Like, you could normally back in the day, we could tell where music originated from, right? Right. right. So I knew this was a New York sound or a Midwest sound or a L.A. or West Coast sound, right? Mm-hmm. But now with the 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 advent of technology. And, and travel and us being everywhere and being influenced by so much, we start yeah. to incorporate a lot of those different. Um, so, so that's why I say that it sounds like a Midwest type of feel, but with some of that funk from like the West Coast, uh, but with that the, the heavy drums of the because you know the Midwest they are known for them drum. They, they got yeah, them. it's it's the funny thing about all that is like like when I was coming up like. That's when Death Row and Snoop and all that had just started to blow up. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I'm talking about, I'm I'm a kid. I don't even care to tell my age. I'm like 10 years old when when Snoop first comes out. So wow. that's like my first taste Dang. of like, oh okay, okay, this is uh, this is what music is because you know I, it was it was either my parents' stuff or mm-hmm. this, and this is what we're doing right now. So right. that's stuff that's just stuck right. to me. You know, just I'm I'm a I'm a hold on to that. Then like mid nineties, I'm 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 New York all day. I'm I'm over there. Everything they come out with, woo, right. nah, uh, CNN, everybody. Woo I'm like, okay, Mob Deep, all that. So this, right. I'm, okay, right. I'm liking that. I'm taking that. And then obviously, you know, Detroit right now has a whole different um different wave going on. Mm-hmm. You know, the, those guys are a lot younger than me. <laughs> you know, the ones that are doing they doing their thing right now, but for the longest we didn't really have any sort of identity we had people doing it here but on a major level there weren't too many that were mm-hmm. actually making an impact obviously we know the biggest artist from detroit ever uh, as far as hip-hop is concerned um but eminem didn't really it didn't come with a sound per se it was All like right. it's him you hear how he raps he raps mm-hmm. great nobody else is doing that though Nobody right. in Detroit can do what he does. So it wasn't yeah, like no, a thing that caught not. on. Yeah. So yeah, right now, right now, Detroit has a wave. That's for sure. But um, 
to your point, being a fan of those two coasts, so to speak, so heavy, I was just like, all right, let me see if I can try to blend these together. (laughs) And that's what it sounds like. That's that's what it sounds like when I listen to it. And so I'm like, okay, I can see that because I can I can start hearing some of those flavors in in your music. And so I'm assuming that translates to some of the music and how you create it for sync licensing as well, right? Because we usually have uh, a style of music that we like, that we uh, you know, really uh, gravitate towards the most, that really define our quote unquote sound as a, as a music composer. And so that's kind of like our, like you can tell a Timbaland song, right? right. Like, Absolutely. Like, oh, that's a Pharrell song. Oh, that's a Scotch Storch. Like there's a signature yeah. that came yeah. with, like anytime you heard babies, babies and giraffes and Godzilla, and, <laughs> right, right, and, right. You knew it was Timbaland. Like you knew who else was, yeah. Who else like, thought? Because ain't nobody else doing that. Anybody at that. all? But you at know all. when you heard crazy percussions and the and the thing with some nice, some hard hitting drums and you know it's like oh that's Neptune's right there. You can hear like the guitars playing and all that stuff. You knew oh, that's Neptune's right. If you heard all the piano melodies and riffs and the all the um, like Egyptian sounds, you know. Scott yeah, Storch, yeah. Scott, right? That was a, that, that was a big thing for a while. Yeah, that was a yeah. big thing for a while. Yeah. And so, so people had their their the sounds that they uh, were displaying within the culture, kind of like their signature. Today, a lot of people sound like a lot of people, and I don't know if I really yeah. can make a clear distinction on who makes who and and, and and what, because there really isn't a digital signature that says this is that particular producer they i mean technically they all sound alike in a lot of ways yeah i think with the emergence of not just the internet but social media specifically is what kind of changed a lot of that because you have at this point you don't have to try to find the producer in your town that's got the hottest sound or um maybe he's too big and doesn't have time for you, but you really want to, you know, you really want to rap. You really want to sing. You want to do this. Like at the touch of a button, you can, you can search any genre, any style. I mean, YouTube, for example, I mean, you can look up a beat on there from some producer that just put his beats up on there. It says so-and-so type beat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that, that that just happened. So you, you have all that. So you can literally sound like who you want to sound, get whatever type of beat that you want to get. And I don't necessarily know if I dislike that or not. I mean, I, I'm still I just, I honestly yeah. don't even think about it because honestly, I'm just, I'm just so busy. That I don't really, right here. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, yeah. Y'all focus trying to be like other people, but I got this yeah. lane that I'm in that I'm, I, I'm, I don't really care to think about it that much, but right. I'll put, put it like this. I do enjoy the fact that it's giving people an opportunity to do, at least give it a shot, try it mm-hmm. out. Like there was a point in time, like we talked about earlier, where you had to actually spend money to get in the studio, to to buy a track, to pay a producer exactly. to do all these things. And you still should be doing those things. However, the barrier of entry was a lot greater because it wasn't as cheap as it, it is to do it now. That's right. However, we probably missed out on a lot of good music back in the day because people didn't have the means, the time, or exactly. funds, or whatever to actually put this into practice. So it's a double-edged right. sword in a sense, but you do get a lot of crap out of it too. So yeah, I'm trying because uh, I could have made some bankers back in the day. My mom just bought that. Uh, you know, what I'm saying like you, you see what I'm saying back in the day. I yeah. 
Yeah, I could have been. Could have been further along. Yeah, I could. We could have been further along if we had an extra ten years. You know, in, in I the pocket. Been, I could have been Brimberlin, or you know, some type of <laughs> right, some <laughs> some variation Something. of it. You're You're right. right, you're right. You know, you know, uh, you know. But that's the truth because I think a lot of young kids have. I did. I had aspirations and dreams, uh, but you know, we didn't have you know that money to purchase certain at all. Things, so at like, all. you miss out. And then when you get it, you're like, oh, I'm about to do it. And so now, I mean, I, I'll tell my age, I don't, people know, I don't care, I'm 48, right? Mm -hmm. So I think I started making music in 2006. I'm okay. like, 30s, probably, like early 30s. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make music. Like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, it's, too late. it's too late for you to do that. What do you mean it's too late? It's yeah. never too late. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Producers don't have a shelf life. You know, we could be 90 years old still. Matter of fact, there is a guy out there. He's like 76. He's a producer making beats and selling them and, and getting placements and stuff. And that's and that's the, the situation exactly. that I'm trying to put myself into because mm -hmm. you, yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. There's no shelf life here. There is a situation where maybe the sound that you're known for isn't the go-to anymore. So maybe right. you're just not as popular anymore, but you can always do what you want to do, collaborate with somebody and Again, when it comes to sync licensing, like a lot of the things that I have done that have gotten placed aren't necessarily the type of music that I would ride around in a car to. This exactly. is catered specifically for this situation. Can I do it? Yes. Would this be something that is just top of the mind for me to do if this wasn't the opportunity that I had? No. So you just got to find that fine line to say, all right, That's look, right. this is for... This, this is for the opportunities that's going to, you know, build my resume, put some money in my pocket and for what it's worth, help you grow as well, mm -hmm. because, you know, you can step outside of your comfort zone and do this one thing. And then you have time to do the extra, you know, extra far left, creative, exactly. um, innovative thing that you want to do that you may be the only person that likes. But you can do those things. And who knows? Mm -hmm. That might be a place for that, too, in the sync world. You never know. But never know. You can always find an opportunity to do any style of music when it comes That's to right. sync at any point in time, any point in age, life That's right. that is going to potentially work. And another big That's thing, right. too, is music from certain time periods. There's a place for that in sync as well. That's so right. if you think that you, you know, if you think you're a dinosaur and you still creating boom bap tracks. Oh, yeah. They still make period pieces where it's set in 1990. That's 91 right. and they need that music they and they need, that, need that so don't stop doing that is my point because mm -hmm. it may not go anywhere right now but there's going to be an opportunity for it i'll give you one example of that, that i didn't actually land anything for it but when they were um producing that it was a short-lived tupac and biggie uh tv series it wasn't a documentary I no I remember it was that. an actual show right. with actors yep. and that yep and they yep. were looking for 90s hip-hop because obviously Biggie was out there in New York, so they needed that boom bap style. Pac yeah. was out there in L.A., so they needed what was going on in L.A. at that time, too. So there's an opportunity and a space for a lot of it. So whatever it is you're doing at whatever age, trust me, that's right. there's going to be a spot for it. That's right. So, man, that's, 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 that's the message right there. There's always a spot for what you're doing and your creativity as a music creator. So, so, absolutely. So, brother, as we get ready to wrap up, what's next for you? 
What's coming down? What's, what's next for me? I don't have any sort of lead on any of this, but I am trying to make getting into films, more films. I've only done two. And the second one that I did was so long ago, I'm, I'm just kind of fiending for it. But I want to do more film work only because this is really trivial, but there's something to be said about seeing your name in the credits scroll up that big screen <laughs> at the in end. The movie theater and you're like, Wait a yeah. And it was just such a surreal experience for me. The, the, the one time that that happened, the other mm-hmm. movie I did was straight to video, but, um, which is cool. It's not enough, but I want to get more into the film world, man, because that is where you really start to get into, in my experience, some of the more custom work as opposed mm-hmm. to, Hey, let's find some tracks that fit here. There are opportunities where they're actually looking for something that fits a certain scene and sets a certain mood. So that's going to help me grow in, you know, trying to cater something directly toward that as opposed to, hey, let's bang out some track records and mm-hmm. trap records and hope they land somewhere. That's not I'm not knocking that either, but that's just kind of been my existence to this point. And right. I want to do more custom work and then and on that big screen as well. Hey, that's right. So. Um, so go to two. He's going to hate me for saying this, but he'll be all right. <laughs> um, there's a guy that I know named. So I always tell this story, right? I tell you, I always tell this story to people. And if you're listening, people who are watching. So I was at uh, ASCAP. The ASCAP I Do Music. Uh, or at that time, it was the ASCAP We Create Music uh, Expo out in L.A. in 20... 20- 16 something like that okay. uh, and maybe 2016 uh, and i was in line if you've ever been to ascap you know they usually have it at the lowest hotel in hollywood uh they have it's a big venue it's out there with the the big giant elephants and next to the chinese theater and all that stuff right and i was in line behind this guy and have no clue who he who he was because there's tons of people there you really don't know who they are and course, so i'm behind right. this guy I am an extrovert, so I am not shy at all. I will speak to whoever needs to be spoken to. Right. I'm like, hey, how's it going? My name is Brian. Glad to meet you. Um, you know, what do you do? Here's what I do. What do you do? Oh, he's he's like, he's like, my name is Lionel, and um, I do. I'm a music composer. Lionel, great to meet you. Um, you know, we should connect. Let's talk a little bit later about what what it is that you do. How we can help one another. And um, see if we can, you know, build some type of collaborative relationship going forward. I understand that this probably isn't the right time because we're all going into this venue to take part in this session. He was like, perfect. Let's do that. I appreciate it. So I ended up connect with him a little bit later. It's important that you understand the time that you're in with the person you're speaking to because it may not be the right time, but you always want to try to schedule something with them a little bit later. So that's what I of did. Of course. Of course. Come to find out this dude got the, oh, oh man. Go to IMDb, and I was I'm I'll send you his name, right? Yeah, yeah, please. And man, when I was like, oh man, so he actually was he did a panel that I um, hosted, uh, a music production panel because he has produced over two hundred and fifty. Uh, he has two hundred and fifty plus IMDb credits, four hundred. Oh man, you just yeah, have to see that. That's stuff, that's right? what I mean. I got I yeah. got a lot yeah, to yeah, catch yeah. up to. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> So this, I was like, yo, wait a minute. But you never know who you're meeting, who you're speaking to, 
Uh, and I'm all about networking, right? And so I've met a lot of people. I don't have a problem saying, hey, this is a person you may want to check out and, and take a look uh, and maybe eventually connect with and see how they can help you to do that. He just was doing some stuff with, um, who's the guy that did all of um, Childish Gambino stuff? He, he did the um, This Is America song. Oh um, yeah, I, I can't. I don't want to say Jorgen, Jorgen something, but it's it's one of those types of names. Um, they were just out there in LA doing something, so yeah. It's, okay. So after we're done here, I'm gonna send you. I'll give you his name and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Let else. me know. You no, know, I just want to put, put his info out there like that. But I'll um I'll shoot it over to you. But yeah, because yeah. these guys aren't their faces aren't plastered all over the place. Just like with um you know with other genres of music, with the actual right. songs that on radio and things like that. Like a lot of these guys aren't, That's you know, right. you can't put the, even if you know the name, you probably don't know the face. There's some That's producers right. that I'm big fans of, never seen them. So seen them. <laughs> I would right. have known, but that That's chance right. meeting though, that you had. Yeah. Yeah. That working is key. That working is key. And yeah, another quick point on top of what you said, there are a lot of, again, the network of, producers and and just people around sync licensing that i've found just solely through playing around on instagram has been very instrumental in me getting to this point and i may not mm-hmm. have actually given me the exact game of go here do this do that but just a conversation one little nugget or mm-hmm. something may have you know it, it may have been the first step may have been six steps after that Mm-hmm. But it all stemmed from that. So just pay attention. And nine times out of ten, if you come across somebody that's, you know, getting some work done and getting placements and sync licensing, just check out who they follow and who their followers are. Exactly. That's the other simplest thing that you can do. That is the key right there. Follow who they follow because I'm tr- trust me, they following key people in these music departments at all of these different TV shows, film companies. They got the connections, especially once they get in, they got the connections. So And some are actually advertising, <clears throat> excuse me, some are actually advertising the fact that they want to help people out and bring people into their situation. So just keep right. an eye out. Or just shoot a message. I get them all the time. My Instagram is right at the bottom of this uh the photo here. So I don't mind. Again, I can't promise you anything. And I'm not even the guy that is super connected. But if there's anything that I can do from just a word or you know, just pointing you in the right direction, just hit me up. I mean, I, I'll sit and chat, text back and forth all day, every day, because had it not been for the people that I'm speaking about doing the same thing for me, me reaching out mm-hmm. as a total stranger, it wouldn't have happened. So I'm willing right. to do the same thing. Well, that's, it's that's, only right. That's dope. That's dope because a lot of people sometimes don't have that mentality. And so I think that's, I think Terrible. that is a, a great to give back to people to help them as others have helped you in that process as well. So man, so as right. we get ready to close, as we get ready to close out, what advice would you have for anybody getting into this just crazy world of, of music? Yeah. The one thing that I would do, I'll give you two sides. If you're talking about working with artists and you want to build something and actually produce records and, and, and singles and albums and things like that, it's really not anything anybody hasn't heard, but, what I would definitely do is establish a relationship with one artist, one group. And actually, you know, everybody wants to sell a beat, make a quick buck and things like that. And that's fine. I'm not telling you not to do that, but partner up with somebody and actually establish a relationship. 
that you'll be able to work with that person, work on something. And, you know, the both of you can push each other and whoever makes it up first, pull the other one and, and, you know, just keep on doing that until you get to the destination that you want to get to. And then when it comes to sync, again, do the work up front, mix, master, complete all works that you even start, whether it's just a simple beat or a full song, get it done all the way. That way, once you start looking out for libraries, publishers, music supervisors, which you can do Instagram, Google, just seek them out. You want to be ready so you don't have to get ready once they tell you that they want something. And then another real quick on top of that, too. When you're looking at these libraries, these publishers and things like that, don't just reach out looking to ask them if they want to take you on or hear some of your work, things like that. Actually research what they do, where they have landed placements and what kind of music they have in their library, because you don't want to reach out to a trailer house if you make trap music. This is just not what they need. So just not what they, just do I mean, the research. Trap, trap whore, right? <laughs> it can, it, 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 there can be hybrids. But it what I'm saying hybrids. is if you right. if you got a trap record that trap you're ready for a rapper to get on and it's just a, it's just a, mm, 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 and we cycling back to the same chorus again, that's not going to work for a film trailer. So just yeah, do the research absolutely. on what they're doing, what they're looking for. And again, there are a lot of them out there. So just, right. you know, just just get do your Googles. Do your Googles, right? Do your Googles. So, man, Prolific, how can people get in contact with you? Yeah, you can get at, well, really, I'm only on Instagram at this point. I have a Twitter. I don't even log in. Um, I I don't really even do Facebook. I'm, I, I just don't. There's no reason. I just, I just don't do it. So um, if you're looking here at Prolific, the pro is the Instagram. It's spelled P-R-O-L-Y-P-H-I-C. And then T H E P R O. Um, again, feel free to hit me up. You know, send me a friend request. Send me a, a DM if you're looking for some information or just have a question on something like that. I'll try to give you as much as I can. Again, I'm not an expert. I'm not even the guy. I'm the guy who's benefiting off the information I got from the guys. Mm. And I feel like I, you know, as much as I can, I'll just, you know, I'll reach back and help whoever I can the same way I was helped out. So. That's perfect. Oh, I got to do perfect. it. That's perfect. So, man, Prolific, it was great to have you here on the show tonight. Uh, getting to know you, uh, your background, uh, same, just having a really, really dope conversation. So, uh, if you wouldn't mind hanging on for just one second while I close absolutely this out. perfect. All right, ladies and gentlemen, man. So that was that was awesome, right? I know we spent a lot of time talking about sync, uh, and, and sync is important. And so for those of you looking to get into that whole sync world, you know, he says he's not the guy, but go look at the IMDB, right? And you find out, find out who the guy or not. But uh, man, thank you very much for tuning in. Greatly appreciate it once again. Make sure you send a uh, uh, subscribe or a friend request over to Prolific. That way you can get, you can stay in touch with him, see what he's doing, make the connection. Maybe you'll collaborate. Maybe we'll collaborate. You know, something like that. Don't forget collaborate on some stuff and, um, you know, appreciate you tuning in. As always saying, thanks. Have a great night. Peace.